You are listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. While you're there, download our free mobile app. We've got all of our teachings on there, a great online community that you can be a part of, and a free digital Bible as well so that you can follow along. And if you are listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications. We don't want you to miss anything as uh, we are going through the gospel of Matthew. We are nearing the end of chapter 13. We're going through the parables of Jesus, and I hope that uh, our study has been blessing you. And Jesus is teaching the principles of the kingdom of God through uh, stories that have underlying meaning, right? That is what a parable essentially is. And he is doing this for a few reasons like that we've gone over, right? One, he's trying to be relatable to them because stories uh, are very relatable. Uh, two, he is doing so because parables take work to understand. And not everybody that was there are, you know, really leaning in. Some of them uh, are uh, actually there to trap him, uh, to try and persecute him. And uh, we know that because uh, we lead up to the cross. Uh, so far that we've studied the parable of the sower, right? And the parable of the sower is one where we look at the different soils, like what kind of ground is our heart, right? The sower sows the seed, the seed falls on different types of ground. And the type of ground that we want to be is the good ground, one that is not uh, in, uh, one that is is not blocked by rocks, surrounded by thorns, uh, one that is not inhibited. We want to be able to give God every inch of our heart. Uh, and then we uh, studied the wheat and the tares, right, where God shows that there is a separation between those that are uh, with him and those who are not. Uh, and that God is patient uh, to to allow those things to grow, to reveal themselves. And yesterday we talked about the mustard seed and the leaven, right? And we looked at that from the perspective of very small things can become big and awesome things. In the same light, very small things in the negative can become, you know, big things uh, if we let them go, uh, big things that we do not want. So today we're going to talk about the parable of the hidden treasure and the um, and the costly pearl. And we're going to, just like we did yesterday, take the two and put them together uh, because they have a very similar meaning. Jesus tells back-to-back parables that kind of hit home on a similar point. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 13, and we are going to be in verses 44 and 45. So if you are opening your Bibles, we're just going to get into this here. Um, and like I said, the parables, you got to dig. <laughs> you got to want it. That's why Jesus is is teaching this, because like he said, for those who have ears, let them hear. 
It's those who were wanting to be sensitive to what he was teaching. So let's jump in here. I'm going to read through, and then we're going to break these down, starting with verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again. From uh, And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Continuing with 45, we'll read this all the way through. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. So you can see the similarities between these two. We have something of great value, someone in pursuit of something of great value and finding it, and then ultimately uh, someone find, uh, once they have found it, selling all that they had because it was worth it to go and possess this thing. So let's break these down one at a time. Before I even get started, I just want to say happy birthday to my son, Joel. I meant to uh, I meant to do that off uh, just at the start here. Uh, 11 years ago today in the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy, my wife was giving birth to our son and she had placenta accreta, which meant her life was in danger. So was my son's. And actually during Hurricane Sandy, she was beginning to go into labor in our basement. So that was uh, not a not a uh, comfortable thing. Uh, but ultimately, my wife went through. Uh, an 11, well, it's had to be about a 10 hour uh, surgery where they brought in other people with multiple procedures and it was way more invasive than your typical C-section. Um, and I'll get into the story further in the testimony more maybe later. But I remember the very next day when they didn't think she'd be able to walk for days, she went and got out of, she got herself out of bed and walked across the hospital to the NICU uh, where my uh, son was. And I knew, uh, getting choked up talking about it, but I knew at that moment that I had this mama bear. <laughs> so it's just a, a special day for me and my family. And I, I didn't, I just wanted to uh, share that with you. So talking about pursuit of something of value, right? And being worth, you know, uh, being worth everything. Let's go ahead and uh, study out uh, this here. So let's go to the hidden treasure. Kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and he hid again. And that from the joy of it, he goes and sells all he has and buys that land. In the ancient times in Israel, rabbinic law basically said this, that if you find something on somebody's property, it's theirs. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense, right? I think that's pretty good policy uh, now as well. But what we see here is a man that is in a field and he finds this treasure of great value. And it wasn't uncommon in those days to hide your treasure. Why? Because you would have invading armies just coming through, right? So people did bury their treasure at that time. So here we have a man, right, in the parable that finds this treasure, okay? And when he finds it, he hides it again 
and then goes and sells everything that he has so that he could actually possess the field. Because if you possess the field, if you take ownership of the field, you own what is in the field. So very much like the parable yesterday, there are um, there are diff- a little bit different viewpoints as to who's represented here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share some of those with you because I, I think some but all scenarios that I'm gonna share are are viable, right? These are mysteries of the kingdom of God, and they are worth digging for. Some equate the man to Jesus, right? The field, as we saw yesterday, the field is the world, right? Um, so they equate the man to Jesus, and I can I can see this. Uh, the reason being is that we know that Jesus gave everything for the kingdom of God, right? So totally plausible, I think, to say that in, in the representation here, that the man who gave everything could be Jesus. And if you think about what Jesus gave— it goes even beyond his physical life, right? John 1 says that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, okay? And it also says that the word became flesh. So Jesus is that part of the Godhead, right? Upon which it also says, through him all things were created, that there was nothing created that was not created through him. So the creator of the universe walks this earth, and if you think about the what is happening here, getting off the throne of heaven to come down here, not only to come down and walk amongst, not just to walk around and, and you know, just, you know, just flaunt, and please hear my heart how I'm saying that. He didn't come down and just sit on this throne. He came, he was born in a manger. He allowed, as we see, his own creation to mistreat him in the way that we've been reading in these previous chapters and ultimately allowed himself to die one of the most excruciating and humiliating deaths. Okay. So you, when we say he gave all, it wasn't just his physical life. This is God, the one who put the stars in the sky, the one who created everything, every bit of natural law that allows us to sustain life here. Didn't have to do any of it, but he came down and he did it. So I'm totally cool with saying that you could point to this and say, yeah, well, we can pull from this that Jesus gave everything. I'm also okay with the kind of the position I've taken for for quite a while with this is that the man represents me and you. And ultimately, as Christians, right, little Christs, Christian means little anointed one, Christ means anointed one. Um, we are imitators of him. Therefore, we are pursuing truth. Now, the difference I would say is Jesus came down from perfection, maintained perfection, and then allowed the imperfect, he allowed himself to be sacrificed for the imperfect. We come out of less than perfect circumstances. I don't know about you, but before I found Jesus, I was not a perfect human being. Guess what? Today, I'm not a perfect human being. Okay. But you know, so that's where I would say the difference is here. So I want to look at this, and then both of these through the through the uh, concept of you and I, humanity pursuing God and finding it. The man 
found and hid again. So, so the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again from the joy over it. He sells all that he has and buys that field. You know, you could also make the connection here that the landowner originally is ancient Israel and the Pharisees, right? They didn't know what they had. <laughs> they didn't know what they had. They wanted a Messiah that was going to be like a King David. He want, they wanted a warrior that was going to come in and, and destroy Rome and you know let them live the way they wanted to live. Jesus was a much different Messiah than what they thought, right? It was It was in front of them and they missed it. And I think that's one of the things that we can pull from this too, from the hidden treasure. And then again, here in a minute in with the costly pearl is that the truth of the kingdom is often hidden in plain sight. How many of you can attest to this when you started really pursuing God, that when the truth of God, when just the knowledge of God, the, even the knowledge of the presence of God in your life, that you would you looked at it and you said it's always been there even in my bad times god has been there he has always always been there well think of the landowner that stood over this amazing tr treasure you know whether he knew it was there or not we have to think that he didn't like maybe he bought the land and he or was given the land and he knew because i tell you what if he knew it was there he would have dug it up before he sold it don't you think so the treasure was right under his nose and he didn't know it, right? You could definitely equate that to ancient Israel. You could equate that to us, right? The goodness of God is always there. Sometimes it's, sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we don't have ears to hear or eyes to see as Jesus would have put it. And I think about my own life, going to church every Sunday, or we did the Catholic thing where we would go Saturday night, it would count for Sunday. Um, and then people witnessing to me, I didn't have ears to hear. I didn't want to hear it. I had my own moral objections. I didn't want to live the life that I saw that it would require. I didn't realize that it was more than worth it. And it says that from the joy, he goes and sells everything to buy it. That's the part that we're afraid of. That's the part that even in evangelism is so it's not easy to, sh to share with people that in fact, it's worth everything that you have to pursue God. And the apostle Paul talked about this. He talked about how the world pursues prizes, wreaths. He even uses the term like a, like a race that we pursue prizes that are corruptible. But when we put our hands in our life in the hands of God, when we pursue God, we're not pursuing things that are corruptible, that are temporary. We're pursuing the incorruptible, the things that can never be taken away from us. Let's jump into the costly pearl because we're at our 1% now. And I think, I hope this is all making sense. If it is, send me a message here. Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding more, a pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Think about the concept of a merchant, right? And you could say, and I know some say that this is uh, the merchant is Jesus, who again gave all that he had to give, gave everything. 
But if we look at the merchant also as those who uh, pursue God, it says that he was seeking pearls, plural, but he found a pearl of great value, so valuable in its worth that one, he stopped the pursuit of other pearls. Think about that for a second. And so many of us are pursuing the lesser then. And then we find this great pearl that is the kingdom of God. And if we're in tune to it, if we're not afraid to stop pursuing all the other lesser pearls, then we can take everything that we have and possess the greatest treasure of all. So we take note that the merchant stopped pursuing the other pearls when he found the great pearl or the pearl of great value. And we also see in this case that he sold all that he had to possess it. And a good merchant, uh, a wise merchant, will only look to purchase and possess things that are of great value that will bring an incredible return. And again, that's the hardest thing sometimes to communicate. Apostle Johnny and I have uh, have a, a a a friend right now, which we're so excited about. This guy is, um, this guy is just kind of a, he's a warrior in real life. He's the type of guy that you would want. He's probably listening here. He's the type of guy that you would want in your uh, your corner, regardless. But I'm very excited because he has found God for the first time in his life. And I, I'm very appreciative of, of him and his family. And, and he, uh, he, he shared that even our, our study here has been extremely helpful to him. Um, and I can, can imagine what this, what this guy is going to do with the truth armed with the truth of God. But what he's beginning to, to realize is that I believe that it's, it's the pursuit is so worth it. And if you remember back in Matthew chapter 6, 33, by the way, my brother's getting baptized uh, here in a, a couple weeks, and uh, I am so pumped for that. Matthew six thirty three says, if you would seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, then everything else will be added to your life. I love that word added, meaning that there is somewhat of an ease, meaning that you don't necessarily have to worry about it. You seek God first and everything else falls into place. Does it mean things are going to be perfect? Absolutely not. Sometimes we have to go through the tough stuff to make us tougher. Sometimes we're going to make mistakes and we're going to create tough situations uh, for ourselves. Guilty as charged more often than you probably think. But when all things work together for your good, then ultimately even the missteps will work together for the good. Because a lot of what you see here when you know I'm able to share with you is the product of many, uh, many getting knocked on my butt and you know, having to get back up. Like I say, you know, I'm, I, I, I may not have a doctorate, uh, it, it, but I did go to the school of hard knocks. I can tell you <laughs> a lot of what I share with you comes from my own experience. So as we wrap up here, I, I just want to point to the parable in that the kingdom of God, the truth of God, it's worth it. If you had to sell everything that you had, like Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Imagine if Matthew stayed at that tax table. Imagine if Peter stayed in that fishing boat. Imagine if you stay where you are today 
instead of just saying, you know what, I'm going all in. I'm pursuing God with everything that I have. And probably probably what's holding you back is you thinking that you that you've got to lose a bunch. But whatever you give up for the kingdom of God is not only replaced in, by an incredible amount, but what God has for you is so far beyond anything that you could ever imagine. I go back in my life. I, I think I'm about 18 years that I'm saved now. I go back before that. And even in my walk, I think to myself, God has surpassed my expectations over and over and over again. And I hope today that you would take note to the parable and just say, you know what? I'm going to sell. I have a treasure here. I have the ability to pursue God with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind and have a life that has a purpose that's greater than myself. I'm willing to sell whatever it takes to pursue that. That'll be the best decision that you ever make. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm glad that we take extra, we take steps in that direction every morning as we get together here. Uh, let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for everybody that studies in this program every single day, Lord God. I pray that you allow it to grow. But most importantly, I pray that we all begin to understand the treasure that we have in having a relationship with you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we would reach for you, Lord God, that we would pursue you every day, that we'd realize what we have and be willing to give up all the other pearls for the pearl of greatest value, the treasure that is your kingdom of God. Just tell him that today. Say, God, I want more of you in my life. And it's really powerful to begin to understand that, that we are the governor of that, that God offered, it gives us everything. All we need to do is reach for it, pursue it, and get some other things out of the way. Amen. So we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church, Deer Park, New York. Check us out, soh.church. We are going to close out Matthew 13 over the next two days. You're listening to The 1% Christian. A hundred starts with one. Go out and do something amazing for Christ's sake. I love you guys. Have a great day.